Welcome back to another episode of TKB's Boxing. And as you guys come and join us for this episode, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. You know, it's a lot to talk about here on TKB's Boxing today. And uh, on this episode, we're going to cover a lot. Absolutely. What's good? This is uh, Beans, TKB Boxing. And, uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're going out with a bang at this end of uh, the year of 2022. And uh, 2023 is right around the corner. And speaking of a bang, Cuzzo, speaking of a bang, uh, we had a, a banger last night um, within Crawford versus Avenesian. Um and I I know that uh it was it was quite it was quite a, a legendary fight, man, for, for Crawford. Something that he can really add to his highlight reel. Uh so we're we're gonna get into talking about that. And uh we're also in today's episode we're gonna cover Ebaney Bridges versus Shannon O'Connell. Um, which was a, a pretty good one I heard as well. I didn't personally get a chance to see it because it was a lot of boxing on this weekend. So uh, let's hop right into it. All right. So yeah, Ebaney is uh, definitely what I see is um, she's very well known. Um, she uh, she's always active. From what I see, she she's very active. I see her more active than most of the most of the male boxers. Um, I think in one year she might have fought three maybe four times in a year before but um it's good because she's staying consistent and she's staying active to where she's not going to get that ring rust and she's always going to be on her a game uh what i notice about her um she'll go in the trenches with uh, with her fighter with her opponent if they have to go to the trenches hey she's game you know what i'm saying and um shannon tried to you know she, I think she had quicker hands, but I think Ebaney's power and her accuracy, um, you know, kind of took off, you know, because she dropped her. I can't remember what round it was. She had dropped her, I want to say maybe the first round, maybe the second round, but uh, Ebaney dropped her with a clean right hand. And then Shannon got back, you know, focused into it, and, hey, she, she was game two. She stood toe-to-toe a few times. But eventually, I think that right hand found its place again <laughs> later on in the fight. And um, at some point, once uh, Ebena started banging banging her pretty good, she uh, had her up against the ropes and just started going ham. And the ref stopped the fight. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good stoppage. Because I think had it went on, uh, she would have definitely suffered a lot of damage, uh, Shannon. And and up in the build up to the fight, man, Shannon had a lot of things to say about Ebaney, you know, saying that she's uh, skanky and like a something like a stripper or whatever. I, I actually I actually got the uh, the article right here. If you guys wanna <laughs> wanna wanna hear a couple things, it's not not pretty, Cuzzo. It's really not. She said, and I quote from Bridges herself, uh, reporting from Fox Sports. Dot com, of course. She had apparently went off in this fashion. Not bad for a skanky stripper, I must say. 
not bad for a skanky stripper. Bridges said post-fight. I'm not usually disrespectful to my opponent, but she was so disrespectful to me the whole time, so I can't really give her that much respect. She can hit, but she can bang. She came, she was hungry, she was fierce, but I was better, and that's why I'm the champion. Bridges called it a real how-do-you-like-them-apples type of moment, referencing the disrespect from O'Connell earlier in the week having been called a fat C-word and a skanky stripper. I'm very satisfied with that win, Bridges added. I hope the world, I hope Australia is proud of me now. We know who the queen of Australian boxing is. I knew it was going to be the hardest fight of my career, and it was. And Eddie Hearn, meanwhile, said he believes Bridges should now unify the division, adding there's lots left to write in the Ebany Bridges story. And just to piggyback off of that, and uh, not that I'm throwing any shade at all, but, uh, you know, you think about the Aussie and Australian, uh, you have to also think about uh, thrombosis. And uh, two times Devin Haney came to his backyard to Australia and um, the second time was worse than the first. Um, and at at a particular time after Thrombosis defeated Tofima, I believe it was, um, he was at the you know at the plight of his success and at the height. You know, the only way he get any further is to get past Devin Haney, but he fell short two times. So being that. He was that big name over in Australia. Now Ebany can kind of pick up that banner and be a big name over there. I think she's going to be the the next big thing out of Australia. And um, I'm trying to think, what is that weight class issue? That I'm not sure of, but um, she's uh, she she's doing her thing. Like I said, she's always active. Um, you know, you know, best of luck to her, um, you know, from here on out. You know, she just keep doing her thing. I think she'll do well. It's it's quite crazy. I'm also, sorry, folks, I'm looking up different articles right now uh, pertaining to uh, Ebany Bridges. She has all different type of, you know, recognition from different celebrities apparently going on. Um, and may I say, this is from my outkick. Uh, porn star Kendra Lust reacts to IBF Bantamweight champion Ebany Bridges' title defense, which is uh, quite different. Maybe, maybe, maybe the stripper comment did it. Maybe, maybe it did. I, I don't know. You know. Uh, but well, while all is said, um, in all seriousness, uh, Ebany Bridges is definitely uh. A fierce competitor in the, in the women's division, uh, specifically the bantamweight, um, and I feel like uh, I feel like she's here for the taking. You know, the last few fights that I have seen her in, she's quite impressive. You know, uh, I know a lot of people love her outside the ring. A lot of people love her inside the ring. Uh, you know, uh, just a great, great person, great fighter all the way around. 
we here at CKB Boxing is wishing all success. We're fans. And uh, we can't wait to see what comes of Ebany Bridges' career. Um, so without further ado, um, should we should we should we move along or what do you think? Yeah, so folks, um, definitely for those who have not tuned in or seen the Baney Bridges fight, um, you can follow her on Facebook. Look up, look up her name, and you can follow her. That way, you kind of know, you know, where she's going and what direction she's going in the boxing world. Um, and just go back sometimes if if it's a boxer you need to catch up on, just look up some of their highlights. You know. And if you have a downtime one day and you're just bored and you're at home, put in one of her fights. You know, look up a few fights so you can kind of you can kind of see what style she is. Um, now moving on to a fight that I unfortunately didn't get the chance of seeing last night was um, Terrence Bud Crawford versus Avenesian. Um, of course, it should be no secret. To anybody who follows um, Bud Crawford, maybe even casual fans would know that Bud is um, representing Nebraska. Um, I want to say Omaha to be um, specific, I believe. I think I think it is Omaha. I think. I'm and that's sure. where they fought last night. They fought. He fought back home in Nebraska uh, with uh, UK fighter Avenesian. Um, a lot of people that are deep in the boxing or who are my UK friends, they know who Avenesian was from being over on that side of the pond. I wasn't privy to him until uh, Crawford, you know, when uh, the negotiations didn't work between Crawford and Spence, and that kind of collapsed. I guess it's understandable. I don't know who to put the blame on. I always say, if you ain't, if you don't have a uh, specific, uh, specific um, details from both sides, both parties, then I try to stay neutral. So I'm gonna say, hey, I don't know who was at fault. I do know that I'm more of a Spence fan than a Bud fan, but I do respect Bud because I see him doing his thing as well, and they're both undefeated fighters. But um, I'm gonna let my uh, colleague and Cuzzo. Kendall tell you about what he witnessed last night because I didn't see the fight I just saw clips so we'll let uh, Kendall break it down on his analysis of Crawford versus Avenesian over here in America okay uh, I want to take you guys to Omaha Nebraska give you a you know painted picture of last night so Terrence Crawford knocked Avenesian out in round six to detain his belt. Um, I can tell you guys from what I had witnessed earlier on, uh, Avenesian is a great fighter. He, he, he was a good fighter. He actually uh, caught, caught Bud with a couple stout shots, you know, uh, exchanging shots in the trenches. He, he did do that. Uh, stood toe-to-toe with him for a little bit. Um, now, like my colleague, uh, Tone was telling me last night, uh, all of us as boxing fans, we know uh, how slow of a start that Crawford usually gets off to in his matches. And um, it was it was the same here. Uh, you know, I can't even really say unfortunately because that, that's how the man does his work. 
But uh, Avenesian, he he was taking it to him at first. But, you know, uh, we have to say this, all right? We got to say this. When you're in a boxing game, and like I told Tone last night, to give a great stout punch, to give a great flush punch, you have to get hit to give one. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, of course, you know, it wasn't nothing that Bud got rocked with that we should, you know, all go into panic mode about. But uh, Avenesian is exactly what we thought he would be in those first five rounds. Um, he had very a very defensive game up top, uh, very, very shielded up top. Uh, wasn't really protecting the body too much, I seen. Uh, Bud went in early against the body, and maybe that took, you know, more likely took the stamina out for those later rounds. Um, and, you know, with Bud, you know, he's going to work you in those tr- trenches, and he's not going to mind exchanging those punches with you. Um, now, commentators, uh, I believe, I, I wanted to say it was Antonio Tarver, the magic man himself. Uh, I wanted to say it was Antonio Tarver who said that Avenesian was actually giving uh, Bud more of a fight than some of the bigger stars was. I did hear that last night, too. Uh, so, you know, all props go to Avenesian, man. Uh, you know? Now, if you guys were to ask me would he, uh, how would he fare against a higher-ranked competition, that that's a different story. Um, and I'm not putting him down because I've heard from uh, some of our fans over in the UK as well because I, I, I see you guys in the boxing group, and I've, I've heard his name before. I've heard that he's a, a, a very decorated fighter. So, uh, you know, all props go to Avenesian, man. Uh, and do I think that he would make noise in that division? Um, a little bit more of a defensive-minded uh, game would really help him out. Maybe another switch up trainers or something like that. Uh, maybe give give him a different type of look, different mindset in the ring. But uh, you know, hey, that's how great Terrence Crawford is. As great as somebody else is, Terrence Crawford is just one of those guys that can take away your greatest weapon, and that's what we seen uh, last night because Avenesian was kind of catching him with this this solid right hook. He was chasing Crawford around the ring. Uh, Crawford really didn't give in to his plans. You know, Crawford was sitting back being himself, setting him up for something in those later rounds. Because, you know, he's a he's a guy that's going to, like, go out there and he's going to play chess with you. That's that's what I feel. All right. So speaking on those terms, and maybe you can elaborate even deeper because you saw the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have a chance to go on Fight Hub and looked up Bo Mack, uh, the trainer of uh, Bud Crawford. And Bo Mack said um, he would definitely be game for this Avenesian fight and that Crawford, even though he had ring rush and had been out the ring for maybe a year, he said um, that old Crawford would kick in. So Bo Mack was saying what's going to happen is the first round or two, maybe even three rounds, uh, Bud was going to kind of like be filling him out and downloading Avenesian. And once he downloads that opponent, whether it's Avenesian or whether it was um, Carol Brook he fought back in the day and uh, 
caveascus, and it was somebody else who wrote that. I want to say just before this. I want to say, was it Kell Brooker's last fight prior to now? Who, who was that? Uh, Bud Crawford. Uh, Crawford. Um, oh, Sean Porter. Sean Porter. Sean Porter. Yeah, that Sean was the Porter one where his father had yeah, yeah, yeah. That stopped the fight. So um, would you say that like in the Sean Porter fight versus Avenesian, did Avenesian uh, give him a challenge the same way that Porter did, would you say? And then the second question would be, do you feel like uh, Bud is downloading that data? For later rounds, I uh, I'm gonna answer the second uh, question first. Uh, I do think that as composed and poised as Crawford looked in that ring, uh, he knew and he said it in the interview that he had ring rust. He did say that, um, but you can tell how focused he was before he came out. This man had a game face that you can only dream of mimicking. Like it, it, his face, man, was just stone. You know, he knew what he was going to go against. And uh, while Avanesian wasn't maybe his toughest opponent, he was somewhat, I would say he was kind of an awkward fighter in a way, to me, in my opinion. Um, and while he, he traded shots, like I said, with Crawford in those trenches, you know, he, I think he really taught Crawford a lot as well. Uh, and when they went in those later rounds, like you said, downloaded he downloaded right away Crawford is like a computer man <laughs> he's like a computer yeah you know you you put it you put a flash drive in him he's gonna download whatever you got and he's gonna use it to the best of his ability that's what he's gonna do yeah. and uh, he may be bud aka intel intel man man that's what's up bro. yep yep man so the the, the first question you would ask about uh Avanesian uh, versus Porter and wh whether he would give him problems? Is that well, what you no, would ask? I think I was what I was trying to say was um, seeing that we saw Bud Crawford versus Porter. Right. Bud Crawford versus Avenesian. Did Porter give a better fight than Avenesian did towards Bud? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, th I think so. I think so. I mean, hands down, like, he was way, uh, he was way more of a well-rounded fighter, I would say, in d defense – uh, showing that, you know, that he's still alive in a fight, showing that he really wanted the fight, exchanging punches with him in the trenches, taking big shot after big shot. You know, we've seen him get up a few times in that fight. So uh, Porter, I feel, had went through way more controversy than, than Avenesian did. And actually, I don't even really think he went through any at all, to be honest with you. I really don't. So I, I think uh, – no, Porter Porter definitely deserved that. And you know, with when when we watched that fight here, um, remember because I was telling you like, hey man, like, whoa, wait a second, why did his father stop the match? Why did he stop the match? Because we've seen Porter get up and up and up again. The man is a straight warrior. And uh while we're on this subject, just real quick before we end it off, and the reason I said that, right? I, I just wanted to kind of get on the topic while we're on it of the father and son relationship in boxing because that's kind of a tricky one, right? I guess my question to you, Kazo, is when do you turn on that father button to like, hey, I, I want to save my son, you know? I want to make sure he's good. And then when do you turn on that trainer button 
to 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 say like, hey, I know what type of fighter I have. I know what type of heart he has for this type of matchup. That's a good question. Um, now pertaining to their the fact that he's an actual trainer, uh, Sean's father, and his his corner man. I understand him protecting his son from himself knowing that his son did keep getting up and seeing that the heart that he has the relentlessness but at the same time being his uh father maybe he just saw because he kept saying stuff uh sean's dad i can't remember verbatim but after the fight he was saying that even though my son did okay i felt like he wasn't doing certain things that we talked about in training right. and so like maybe he wasn't he was missing ready. some steps, and he just like, you know what? Hey, just let me uh, shut it down right now because if Sean ain't on cue to what we trained on or doing certain things, I'm afraid he's gonna get hurt. You know, if this fight continued, maybe, which I understand. That's his son, um, and he's in that corner. And then what I want to talk about after this is speaking of father and son relationships, even though it's not a trainer in a. In a a trainer necessarily is uh John Fury and Tyson Fury. And before I forget, uh I wanted to disclose some other news that had happened in that fight that just came to mind. And I would also like to tell you too, Cuzzo, because I, I know you didn't get a chance to unfortunately view it, but uh it was a moment in a fight. And uh next episode hopefully we can have Tone on as well so he can go more into it. But uh there was an instant to where Terrence Crawford had went to his corner and Patton was falling out of his glove. Um, the Patton was falling out of the bottom part of his glove where the tape was. And uh, they they ended up revealing later on that he had he he basically he had damaged Avenesian so bad and punched him so hard that the Patton fell out the glove. You know, I've never seen nothing like that. I've never seen nothing like it. Um, a, a couple things can come from this, I can say, but I, that's that's not what our show is about. Um, I, you know, we we don't talk on things that we think; we just talk about things that we know. Um, but I'm just stating that 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 can be a little bit of a problem, or you know, an issue or a situation for some down the line. You know, so I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Uh. As as a part of the match that I seen, so. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy you brought it up because I don't remember if it was my other cousin or somebody. I asked them if they saw the fight and they brought up that the padding situation that you know that it was a glove issue. I don't know all the details of it or I don't know if you know people that do the that are called conspiracy theorists or people that are deep into details that analyze that. If that's something that they'll bring up, but uh, one thing about it, uh, internet is bubbling every day. So, if it's some controversy, it's gonna be on YouTube, it's gonna be on uh, in the Facebook uh, boxing groups or whatever. But before I shut it down on the aspect of Terrence Crawford, let me give a special shout out to my guy, my homeboy from the group, uh, from Chicago, uh, Kurt Lewis. Hey, bro, I know that you have a certain um, connection with Bud Crawford, and uh, you had told me once before, and you had mentioned it 
just here when this fight happened that you were going to FaceTime him. So, uh, you know, salute to you. Salute to Crawford. But um, that's really cool, man, that you have a connection where you can actually holler at uh, Bud on that type of level. Um, I love hearing stuff like that. That's really cool, you know. So, I guess another thing that uh, we, we really didn't plan on uh, really adding in this, I feel like I got to talk about it, being a fan. And, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, people, Errol Spence was in another car accident last night. This is this is not pre-recorded, nothing like that. He really was into another car accident last night. Uh, he's he's fine. He's fine. I know that um, looking at the article, it said uh, I looked at Bleacher Report, uh, reporting from Bleacher Report. Um, they had said he had a leg injury, and uh, it came from a senseless. Uh, well, I can't even say senseless because the kid was 14 years old, out joyriding, and he hits Errol Spence head on. Um, total damage to his car. You know, uh, fortunately, no damage really done to him besides the leg. I think he'll recover uh, pretty good, and uh, we should see him back. I'm expecting next year. So, uh, but that leaves. The, the big question, the elephant in the room in the air, would a Crawford and Spence ever happen? Yeah, um, good question, man. It makes you wonder, due to that type of level of something happening, being that something happened prior to this that kind of damaged his eye to the point where he said it wouldn't stop him from his uh, in the upcoming fight after the accident. Uh, he showed out fighting... Uh, Ugas. Uh he showed out fighting um Garcia as well. Garcia. That's what I was thinking about. And uh so I mean now with the leg situation, you know, what kind of nerves could be damaged? You know, it just could be any little the thing that we might think is small could be the biggest thing to to the career of a boxer. Uh I hope that the that the fight still materializes, but I can understand if things, you know, just circumstances that happen, you know. Um, so we just have to see what Spence says about everything. You know, what what his next fight going to be? Is it going to be Thurman or was it Thurman? I want to say it was, was Thurman. I think it was Thurman. Yep. Um, that's, a, that's a decent little fight right there. That's a decent matchup. Um, so, you know, prayers to, uh, to Spence, you know. I know it's like his second or third rep, you know. And, you know, it got to just be, it just got to be crazy. And a uh, shout-out to uh, BLK Prime, man, for doing their thing for the first time yesterday. I, cu- I couldn't leave them out. Uh, I mean, what a what an event they put on. Uh, I definitely think with the fighters they have acquired and the fighters they have under contract for big fights that has happened and that will be happening, I think BLK will be a big thing, man. Uh, so definitely, definitely be on the lookout for BLK, man. It seems like something is special brewing over there. And uh, speaking of BLK, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about uh, Adrian Broner as well. Uh, I know Adrian Broner will be facing uh, uh, what's his name, Ivan Red Cash. Is that his name? 
I think that's his name, Ivan Red Cash. Um, I believe so. So, what is your analysis of that fight, and like how how well uh, how well do you know Evan uh, Red Cash? Like, is he a? Cause I don't know. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't know too much about him. I've heard his name. Uh, it rings a bell, but I don't really know too much about him. Yeah, I heard his name, and I don't know much about him, so I definitely want to do my research, uh, my due diligence. When I don't know about a fighter and I hear about him, and if the name is, you know, really in circuit-heavy rotation, I like to, like, do my due diligence and start to uh, research and see what they do. Um, like, I kind of have been slipping on another uh, guy from over there in U.K., and he's a beast, is uh, Anthony Yardis. Um, always heard about him, but I never really like took time to look deep into uh, his stuff. And yeah, he's he's pretty dangerous and he's very skilled. Um, I think Cuzzle, you definitely want to check out some highlights of uh, Anthony Yardis, um, because pretty soon he's gonna be fighting that that monster that I showed you last time, uh, Better Bees. Better Bees, yeah. Yeah. I remember you guys uh recently just showed me man what that man can do. Unreal. Unreal, people. If you guys haven't seen uh, Better Beef, uh, just just go look him up, simply. I mean, amazing to me. That's the only – there's nothing else you got to say. Just it, It's surreal, man. I promise y'all. Yeah, it's like his power is just uh, – it's crazy. He starts to break down his uh, opponent. And uh, once he starts to – put a hurting on him or if he if he senses that they are hurt he's going to be all over you like like bees swarming on honey yeah it's, it's crazy um he just has that uh, killer instinct but he's going to seek and destroy whoever is in the ring uh i think the only way to beat him just like a deontay wilder is the type of people you want to get the drop on them first so if you can hurt better bees and you get the opportunity, if you don't get him out then and there, it's a good possibility he's going to knock you out. So he's the type of person that if you hurt him, you better put that nail in that coffin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, I would also like to uh, like to just think it, just to acknowledge that so many so many notable fights coming up. I know we have Tank versus, I want to say his name is Hector Garcia. I think that's his name, yeah. Uh, so we have the AB fight. Um, we also have possibly, uh, which Tone said is, isn't going to happen. He already told me it isn't going to happen. You know what I'm going to say. Charlo versus Bevel maybe in the future. It, that, that'll be, listen, people, that'll be a cool fight. Something different, you know, something different thrown at us. I'm just throwing out some names. So uh, I know we did this last episode, and we're going to do it again because it's the holiday season. All right? So we can we can all stay in that Christmas spirit and be merry. All right? But, uh, Cuzzo, I'm going to have to ask you this question again. Uh, so for your holiday wish list, what's another fight that you would love to see in 2023? What I would like to see is our other three-headed dragon, in the, um, I guess you would say the 135, uh, Shakur Stevenson, Tank Davis, 
Devin Haney, in no particular order. I just want to see all of them get it on. So, Tank Haney, Tank Shakur, Shakur Haney. You know what I mean? I just want to see all that unravel so we can really know with all the sparring war stories, them are great. But whether or not the stories are accurate, whether or not they uh, are not accurate, sparring wars, one way to define it is when they actually get in the ring. That kills everything else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and speaking on that, we know that uh, we know that AB has something to say about that recently. We know he got in a little bit of hot water with some people. Um, but hey, if the if the man is saying it, and if he's seen it, uh, it, it, it look AB lies about a whole lot of stuff. I I love you AB, but he even said it himself that he lies. He he said it himself literally. He lies about a whole lot of stuff, but. Cuzzo, I got to tell you, man, I don't think he lying about this, man. I, I really don't. Like, he spoke so sincere on the situation, knowing how close he was with the Mayweather camp. And uh, just something about this feels real. It feels real, man. Like, that, they they said the tank, you know, put, put hands on Haney and, uh, you know, did a little something. But, uh. Like I said, I ain't – hey, look, listen. I'm not putting out nothing here on TKB, nothing negative. We're just pertaining to topics. We're just talking. You get what I'm saying? Uh, you guys can go do your own research. Have your own opinion. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's what we're all entitled to as people. So, you know, I would say just just go look that up. It's a it's an interesting uh, topic right now. Yeah, so let's jump back up to the big boys. Uh, what some people call them super heavyweights, but technically heavyweight is a heavyweight. Uh, but if there was a super heavyweight, obviously Tyson Fury or any guy who was probably 250 pounds or heavier would fall in that category. I want to say Fury against Wilder in the uh, third fight, or maybe it was the rematch. He was at his highest fighting weight which I want to say was like 277 pounds. Um, now, Joe Joyce, I want to say his last fight against uh, Joseph Parker, he was like 271 pounds. So that's only a six-pound difference. Six pounds is not uh, a major thing, especially when it comes to Joe Joyce because his 271 is a firm 271. You see what I'm saying? Whereas where Fury is more, you know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. That. He's not firm with it. So, um, one thing I can say about Joe Joyce, I bet against the man. I say he's going to get knocked out by Daniel Dubois because Daniel hit like a back truck. Excuse me. I was wrong. I said when he fought Joseph Parker, his hands is too slow. Parker's going to just pop, 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 you know, three, four shots, move. You know, you know, pretty much just do the same thing all fight long, thinking that he could just play with uh, Joe Joyce. And somehow, even though Joe Joyce is not fast with his hands, he's a master at timing. And they always say timing negates speed. And he's a, he's he proves that every time because there was no way I would have thought he was going to beat Joseph Parker. I just thought Parker would be 
too swift on me and me moving too much and too much finesse. Uh, one thing I can say about Joe Joyce, I'm not a fan of him or Fury, so this is not coming from a, a person trying to put me in a box and say, oh, I'm a fanboy of Fury or I'm a fanboy of uh, Joe Joyce because I'm not a fan of either guy. So I could be sh straight neutral with it. Tyson Fury, yes, six foot nine. Joyce is a probably about six six, maybe six seven, the height of Deontay Wilder. But like I said, what Joe Joy, what Joe Joyce possesses that Wilder didn't, is not only does he have m more weight, he probably outweighs. A natural Wilder is about two twenty at the at the most, maybe two, two twenty five. Joyce is a can be a good 50 pounds heavier than Wilder. And like I said, this is firm, toned up, 270. So do you think that somebody like Fury is going to just take Joe Joyce and, and, and just have way with him and throw him left and right? He's fighting a guy that's just as big as him. A guy that has not as much reach, but not far behind in reach. And the man don't just have a jaw. The man has a jaw. He has a temple. He has a just his whole cranium. His whole head is like a helmet. You see this man get hit by Daniel Dubois and walk through it like it was nothing. And we know for a fact that Tyson don't hit like Daniel Dubois. Tyson Fury is faster than Dubois. He has a better uh, chin than Dubois. But he doesn't have more power, punching power. So I really can't see where Tyson can do much damage to Joe. All I can see is Tyson trying to beat him on points, you know, pop, pop moves, you know what I mean, and use that old school Fury style where he did against Deontay Wilder in the first fight. But I think if he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Joe Joyce in the trenches, I can see him getting knocked out. I can. You know, because Joe Joyce – to me, has shown no kinks in his armor. So I don't know what Cuzzo thinks on it, but uh, what do you think if that fight happens in 2023, if uh, Fury fights Joe Joyce? I definitely agree with everything he just said. Uh, first off, Joe Joyce is not a small guy at all. Um, is his power there? Yes. It's his speed, eh, you know. But you know what? That's why that's why the fighters go out, get different trainers. They go to different gyms. They acquire uh, a, a different staff to up their level. Um, but do I think Joe Joyce could possibly beat Tyson Fury now? Uh, it would be a little bit of a challenge, I'll admit it. But uh, I'll say he can compete with him. I'll say he can compete, in my opinion. I, I think he can compete with him. Uh, I think the biggest challenge for Tyson Fury is basically piggybacking off of what you said. Joe Joyce is not a small guy at all. He's not like a normal heavyweight. He's monstrous. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury goes into a match usually as a bully. You know what I mean? Because he's so tall. He's so limber. He's lean. He, he's not lean, but, you know, he's not the biggest either uh far as in weight more so he he moves like he's like a light heavyweight almost 
to me. Um, I, I feel I feel that Joe Joyce would give him problems, though. I feel like he would. First off, guys, you got to put yourselves in the ring because you know, lots of times as fans, we envision ourselves in there. Like, what if we went against this boxer? And you know, what what could I do here? Oh, he threw this out, so I'm gonna throw this. Think about it. Joe Joyce has maybe some of the uh, slowest hands, maybe in uh, the heavyweights, respectfully. But the tricky part is what happens when you get tired? He's still going to throw those slow hands, but those slow hands are going to look like fast hands then, right? So I don't know know if I'm making sense to you guys, but, hey, if the man doesn't get tired, yes, I, I think Tyson Fury could be in trouble. I think so. Um, and again, uh, you know, r- write us. You know, write us on our Instagrams. We got a Twitter. You know, t- tell tell us what you guys think of this because this is a very interesting, uh, very interesting topic. And uh, I'm also looking at something now, uh, stating who uh, who would be Tyson Fury's next opponent. Uh, and this is an opinion from Sports Note. They they think that maybe Usyk is in there. We've we've heard Usyk's name, uh, Joshua, or uh, UFC heavyweight king. You know, uh, forgot how to pronounce his name. You guys know what I'm talking about, the Francis guy. Nagano. Nagano. Uh, are all strong possibilities in 2023. So, uh, I listen. I don't want. I don't want y'all to uh, to think I, I come at Tyson Fury some type of way. Like I said, I, I've said this before, and I know I sound like a broken record, but I, I really do think that he's a great talent. Uh, maybe one of the best heavyweights of all time. Or I don't I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to say that much. I'll, t- I'll take that back, y'all. But I will say this. He's, he's one of the best heavyweights that I've seen in a long time. I will say that. I have to be real, people. I'm sorry. Um, but him, um, him going up against a Derek Chisora, we're not going to get back into that, but that really didn't prove anything. And from what I know, the match was easy from what I, from what I heard, right? Real, real easy for, for Chisora. Yes. Uh, to elaborate and piggyback on what Cuzzo said, this is after the Chisora three fight. Frank Warren, um, of Queensbury Promotions over in UK. Of course, his counterpart over here in US is uh, Bob Arum. But Frank Warren said himself that Chisora didn't seem to trouble Fury. And I'm like, this is coming out of your own management's mouth that your opponent didn't trouble you? That should let you know that obviously we knew that before the fight even happened that he wasn't going to trouble him. Uh, and personally, they try to bring up after the fact, oh, well, I told everybody that uh, Chisora is a tougher opponent than Dillian White because Dillian White was knocked out in round seven by uh, Fury. I object. This is why. I believe Fury, and many people even said it, I believe he carried Chisora. He knew he could have took him out earlier. They said Chisora looked gassed by, like, round three. So, pretty much Tyson just let off the gas and played with him like a sparring match. 
He could have took him out probably in round four or five. He just chose to let the fight go to round ten because he already had boosted up to sort of be, you know, this elite top guy, which he's a warrior, don't get me wrong, but he's one-dimensional. Chisora only can fight one style, and Tyson knows his style way too well. Um, You know, and I respect Chisora, but that's just not a fight that was interesting at all, and it doesn't really show us or give us a gauge on how good Fury really is to beat somebody he already beat twice convincingly. Now, next year, 2023, it will say a whole lot if Fury fights Usyk or Joe Joyce. If he fights one of those guys, I will take back everything I ever said about Tyson Fury and say, you know what? Now he's at the point where he's actually fighting one of two, if not both, undefeated fighters. Joe Joyce undefeated. Alexander Usyk undefeated. Now, shout out, shout out to the UK too. Right before I uh, talk about this, um, the, the UK, the UK scene is on fire with, with boxing right now. You guys have such uh, such a great variety of fighters over there right now, and uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think out of everybody, I, I and I'm gonna tie this all in together. I think as of right now, one of my favorite uh, UK fighters right now, um, I have to say uh, Danny Dubois. I like him. I remember the very first fight that I seen him in. He had, uh, I believe he went against, uh, was that Joe Joyce, I think? And that's when he had almost lost his eye. Was that the one? And uh, So I, I definitely think Danny Dubois, if I if if I could have it my way, I would love to see him go against Tyson Fury. I would love to see that. Uh, is is he ready for that type of fight yet? Maybe not, to be honest. But I'm just I'm just having wishful thinking, people. Um, but definitely next year, off of what you were saying, uh, I think Tyson Fury could possibly uh, I could see the Usyk match being a reality. I can definitely see that match being a reality because it's it's already been talked about. Uh, it's already kind of been set in stone, and and it's been a fight in the making for a long time. Uh, another one, what we finally see, Anthony Joshua versus Fury. I mean, come on, man. We we keep keep talking about it, you know. Um, and then another thing you have to wonder about what's going on within the heavyweight division. Uh, where is the mindset of Wilder at after that that nice win? You know, uh, sometimes fighters can get too high. Sometimes they can get too low and think they have to go up and do something even greater. And that sets them back. Um, so I, I wonder about Wilder as well. One thing I can say about the heavyweight division is that uh, it, it's, it's going to get fun next year in the heavyweight division. That's for sure. I think, uh, man, just just by the, the good graces of these fighters we're seeing today, especially UK fighters, um, heavyweight boxing is back, man. It, it's back. Heavyweight boxing is back, man. 
So uh, definitely excited to see those possibilities in 2023. Absolutely, man. And just to kind of uh, fall back into Tyson Fury, uh, kind of spoke about Joe Joyce, uh, who we call the juggernaut. But let me also talk about Usyk. Um, Usyk had beat Joe Joyce in the amateurs. So a lot of people kind of bring that up in the boxing group. Uh, don't get me wrong. Sometimes history can repeat itself. But in the amateurs, you fight less rounds. And at that time, Usyk fought a much smaller Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce wasn't the size that he is now. Joe Joyce is, like I said, 270 pounds. Usyk might be around 230, you know, once he put, put the muscle mass on. So you figure he's going to be like 40 pounds less than Joe Joyce. Now, here's the thing. In my eyes, if they fought, if Joyce fought Usyk as a pro, Usyk is faster. He got more finesse. He got more angles. He got lateral movement, and his footwork is impeccable. But I just... I just know that he don't really have that that type of power. Like you're like, oh man, you know, Usyk is just more of a a stylist and a perfectionist in boxing. Like you could tell that he just works on his craft. He's a very very uh, respected workhorse in training. He does stuff that most people doesn't don't do. I just think that if he ever fought Joe Joyce, it would be a situation where Joyce, being the type of person who could walk through his punches not having much effect on him uh, and not ever getting tired, that eventually he's going to wear him down. I can see Joyce going to the body of Usyk. I can see him constantly pressuring Usyk to the point where I would say rounds, maybe around eight or nine, nine, ten, that Usyk will start showing slight signs of fatigue. And if Usyk can't get that second win, I can just see uh, I can see him losing because he might fade. And one thing about Joe Joyce, a guy's like a George Foreman, he just keeps coming at you. He's pretty much game. I mean, I can see Joe Joyce fighting 15 rounds like they did back in the old days. He just has that type of work rate. Like you're like, man, how does a person just, you know, you you see most boxers, even AJ. I'm a fan of AJ. He'll throw some combinations that you'd be like, whoa. But then he'll kind of like ease off to kind of like pace himself. Joe Joyce don't have that pace. He just keeps coming and coming like an Energizer Bunny. He keeps going and going. I haven't seen nothing like it, man. His engine is just, it's crazy. So seeing Joe Joyce versus Usyk is a, is a witch fight. For 2023, but I'm just intrigued as much to see Usyk versus Fury, because that to me, you got two fighters who fight awkward styles. Usyk's a southpaw. Fury can he can switch to southpaw. Fury can fight from both stances. Uh, Fury has more upper body movement. Where he can kind of do that, you know, like this on his upper body. Where Usyk is more, he's more lateral. He's more like this. 
No moving a V or X, Y, Z, or T. You know what I'm saying? He just does this to the to the match at you, like the Matrix. So, Usyk versus Fury is going to be very interesting. And what I feel, the fate of the fight is going to be in the hands of the ref, in my opinion. This is the way I see it. So, when this happens, you can come back here and you can put your opinion down or let me know that I'm wrong because, you know, hey, I ain't too... I ain't got too much pride, but I feel like it's going to be due to due to the ref. And this is why I say this. Fury has issues with slippery fighters. If you go back in his archives, people will say, oh, that's like 10 years ago. It don't matter. He fought Steve Cunningham, who was a cruiserweight, probably 208 pounds, maybe 218 and Fury, and Fury said that Steve Cunningham was his toughest opponent ever. So he's even saying that he's tougher than Deontay Wilder was. He didn't have the power of Deontay, but he was very athletic. And he was only a cruiserweight. So being that, he, he, moved, he moved at a level and a rate that was very uh, frustrating for Tyson Fury. Fury kept saying he was like a, uh, I think like a can of oil where he would just try to grip him and try to get a hold of him. He's slipping. He's, you know, you can't grasp him. He hit Fury with the overhand and knocked Fury down. Fury eventually got up. And in the back of his mind, all he could think was, I got to win this fight. So kind of like that Fury that boxing and trying to look pretty, that went out the door. He went more for the gusto. He just said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put aside the boxing because I ain't going to outbox a guy who's slicker than me and faster. He started roughhousing the man, grabbing on the man, shaking him up, even um, even pinned him up against the ropes with his forearm while he hit him. You can go watch the fight yourself. He pinned, he pinned uh, Steve Cunningham up and knocked him out. As he pinned him with his form. That's that's wild. And I would also like, since we're talking about people flying out the ring, what about the Montana Love and Sparks? What about that? You guys seen that? <coughs> Craziness, man. Yeah, that was crazy. Up in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yep, up in Cleveland. Crazy yeah. stuff, man. Just to throw that in there. But uh, one more question before we get on up out of here. Um. And this is coming from Sky Sports, but I believe the guy's name, and I'm sorry if I butcher his name, uh, Shane McGuigan, is that his name? Uh, he states that he thinks that Anthony Joshua could snag him a fight with uh, Danny Dubois, or um, I believe he said, I believe he said Crowder as well. Looking at it now, no, my, I'm sorry, people, not Wilder, but he believes that he can s snag him a fight with uh with Dillian White or Anthony Joshua. He thinks Danny Dubois could be fighting one of them next year. How big would that fight be? Like, how big would any of those fights be to the heavyweight? Danny Dubois versus who? Danny Dubois versus Anthony Joshua or Dillian White. To me. Uh, 
that will be a great fight. Triple D, Gregory Dubois versus William White, to me, is a more evenly matched fight. You got two guys who got power. I would give it a slight edge of power to Daniel Dubois. He does use that uppercut sometimes, so that's definitely, uh, I think, something that uh, Buddy McGirt, the trainer of uh, Dillian White, was working on. If you notice in his last fight, even though he looked slower, he kept doing like the uh, Ken Norton, Kid Norton, and um, George Foreman guard, cross guard, trying to keep him from getting that uh, Jermaine Franklin from slipping the uppercut in there. He had to change his guard. So he'll probably come in that way against um, Daniel Dubois as well. The issue I see with Daniel Dubois that kind of got exposed in his last fight was, although he hits like a Mack truck, his opponent, I can't remember the guy's name, I think it was Kevin something, he threw an overhand kind of, or a hook, hit Daniel Dubois on the crown of his head, and Daniel Dubois' leg started giving away. It was similar to the same punch that Ruiz caught Joshua with. It hit him right in behind his ear, and you see their legs shake. I think it hit some type of nerve or something. But uh, you can see in that round that Daniel Dubois gets dropped. He was trying to gather himself. But once he got back up, he got knocked down two more times oh, man. by this opponent. We'll look at the fight after this. And then once he kind of finally got a hold and shook it, shook it off, he was able to turn the notch up and get that guy up out of there. But I see that as a, a problem that if Daniel Dubois fights a Dillian White, who's known to throw an overhand haymaker, that catches him on that noggin, it's going to probably knock him out or discombobulate him. And AJ, if AJ sees that fight, he knows where to go. Um, so I think that AJ, AJ knocks out Daniel Dubois, and I think that, uh, that uh, Daniel Dubois and Dillian White is 50-50. Um, so, you know, you know, I definitely want to see those, uh, those fights for sure. Uh, Daniel Dubois claims he can knock out Tyson Fury. I think he said he, he sparred his cousin Huey Fury or something and he laid him out on the canvas, but I personally don't think, <laughs> I don't think Triple D, even though I like him, I don't think Dubois is ready for Fury. And that's just me being honest. Um, I don't think he's ready for Fury. I think the only person who may beat Fury right now is possibly Usek beating him on points. If he can keep Tyson from choking on him and leaning on him like he did Wilder, like rough tactics. Yep. He can keep himself from being headlocked or he has a um a ref or a corner that's checking that. That that Fury that they won't let Fury just keep clinching on him. He can win by points. If Fury fights AJ, I call that a 50-50, but I can see AJ winning by knockout because he has all the arsenal and he has the power and explosion to make it happen. And he has size. You know, he ain't no small guy. You know, uh, he'd be weighing like 250 and be on some solid. You know what I mean? Um, so, man, shoot. In the heavyweight game, man, in boxing period, man, this is a lot of great things. Uh, coming forth in 2023 it's gonna be some some surprises y'all and i'm just as excited as y'all definitely and uh as fans we're definitely gonna get some treats uh 
before the end of the year as well. I mean, well, we're at the end of the year, but um, I know it's a few more uh, maybe good fights coming up here and there. Um, but definitely 2023 is definitely going to be the time to, to go in there. And uh, it's a great time to be a boxing fan. Great time. So uh, I definitely want to ask you uh, any last remarks to our TKB followers. Yeah, so uh, before we uh, we get up out of here, uh, definitely follow uh, our, us on different platforms. Uh, Twitter, TKB Boxing, IG, at K Grizzy. That would be uh, K, K underscore Grizzy 33 underscore excessively black CEO on Instagram and then you can follow uh you can follow Bean at a Beans World fifteen. And and we're also on TikTok as well for all of our TikTokers out there. Yes. You I'm can follow you can follow Bean at Bean fifteen and you can follow yours truly at Brody James thirty one. And uh we actually have uh, a newly created Discord page as well that you guys will be seeing us on soon. Uh, we'll love to 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 interact and connect with you guys, uh, so we can chat it up, you know, uh, discuss, debate, and all that healthy talk. Um, but you can follow us at our Discord at all capital letters T dot K dot B boxing. That's T K B boxing. So, uh, you know, again, we would love to uh, to thank all you guys for for your continuous love and support, man. Yes, and just to kind of um, follow back up on my uh, TikTok, since I'm kind of new at it, um, probably the best way to search me is uh, at Bean Lawry, but you spell it this way: B E A N. L O W R E Y. That's one word. At Bean Laurie. L O W R E Y. And, um, you know, I got a lot of stuff here on my TikTok. I've only been on it for a few weeks. So come join me. I got 17 followers, 103 likes, and I would like to get more people to uh, get involved. Definitely that much. And, uh, you know, we always got to give a uh, motivational speech before we get off, you know, because us here at TKB Boxing, we just don't care about the topic of boxing. We don't just care about these these fighters that we watch every single week, but we care about them as people. We care about you guys as people. So, you know, whatever you guys are going through in life, just keep fighting. Keep fighting. That's the motto. You know, you keep your head down, you keep going, you know, keep being motivated by the ones around you, you know, educate yourself, learn. And uh, like I said, this has been TKB Boxing. I'm KG. And I'm Bean. Keep fighting.